Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. All right, we're going to begin a new series right now. And why don't we bring up this, this slide because I want to see what it looks like too. There it is. You know what it is? It's vision. So we're going to take a few weeks here at Liberty and we're going to talk about vision, about vision. You guys like to hear about vision? You know, you, if you're here for the first time today or if you've been here, you know, 115 times, this is a good time to be here and just see, you know, vision and see where we're going. So in Habakkuk, you guys ever read Habakkuk? Isn't it going to be something when we get to heaven and we see this guy named Habakkuk and someone will say, well, who are you? And, well, I'm, I'm Habakkuk. Come on, didn't you read my book? I got a book in there. It's in there. So, you know, Habakkuk, let me just tell you this about him. Habakkuk was a, was a prophet. And, and uh, you know, we've talked some about prophets here at Liberty. And, you know, there's prophets in the Old Testament. There's prophets in the New Testament. You know, one of the five ministry gifts in Ephesians is the, is the office of a prophet. But in the Old Testament, the office operated differently than in the New. In the Old Testament, they were like God's eyes and ears and mouth on the earth, okay? You know, people wanted direction from God. They basically heard what the prophets had to say. And so they're very important in the whole scheme of things. Now today, in the day that we live in, there's still prophets and they have a role, but frankly, God will speak to your heart individually. He'll show you things. Don't, let me say this, hear this. Don't limit God. Don't say, well, I'm not a prophet. No, you're a child of the Most High God. Jesus said, man, of all the prophets, man, the child of God, man, they're up there. They're up there. You're up there. God will speak to you. But, you know, prophets come around today and they operate in a, in a measure. They still speak forth the word and give us, you know, uh, things from heaven. But, but, you know, right now you can hear heaven. So Habakkuk was a prophet. He was what we would call a minor prophet. He didn't, he didn't have as much in, in the, the, that we have recorded. But uh, what he basically, his whole ministry was basically this. He was a prayer. Habakkuk was a real prayer. And what we have in the book of Habakkuk, you know, is basically a conversation that Habakkuk has with God. And the day that he lived in Habakkuk, what was going on is, is his heart was grieved for the people of God because he saw them going in a direction that, you know, wasn't quite lining up with heaven. And so basically this book, called Habakkuk, you know, is titled after the prophet Habakkuk, and it's a conversation between him and God, and, you know, Habakkuk was really lamenting over the people of God. He was bringing it up to heaven. Do you ever have things that just, man, they, they pierce your heart? Well, I'll tell you what, the good thing to do about that would be to go to God with it. Pour your heart out to God. Habakkuk was even at a point where he was doubting God's goodness, because of what he saw on the earth, okay? And, and again, what he did with it is he went to God and he prayed. And what I'm gonna read this morning is just one little bit that God said back to Habakkuk that I want us to share this morning. It's probably the most familiar little portion in this book, but in Habakkuk chapter two, starting in verse two, 
And we're gonna just read through verse four. And it says this. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Why is that? That he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it'll surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Wow, what an amazing portion of scripture. What an amazing thing God said to Habakkuk. He said this, he said, write the vision. You know, things in your life right now may not be the way you want them. They may not be the way, you know, in your heart you feel God has called you to be. But what God told Habakkuk is this. He said, listen, take and write down the vision that I'm giving you. It may not look like this out here, but write down what's in your heart because even though it may take some time, it's legit and it will come to pass. Write it down so that those that are with you can not just stumble around through the earth, but that those that read it that are with you can run with you that there'd be no confusion, but we could all march to the same beat. Isn't that a good thing? Wouldn't it be a bummer, you know, uh, if we were all marching to a different beat and trying to be in an army? Or, you know, did you ever go down to the parades? You know, in the summer, I grew up in Minneapolis. When I was a kid, every, every summer, it was on a Wednesday night, we'd go down and watch the Aquitennial Parade. Nobody here ever did that probably, right? We always sat in the same place every year, saw the same stuff, you know, and clowns, they kind of freaked me out. Does clowns freak anybody out? They used to freak me out, but I liked being freaked out by them. It was kind of, it's a weird thing, really weird. But, you know, a large part of the parade would end up being, you know, marching bands. And the thing about a marching band that was cool is they all did the same thing. And they were all marching the same way. You know, I won't try to do it because I'm not a marching guy, you know. But, but you know, they, they marched to the same beat. You know what? Here at Liberty, we want to march the same beat. We want to have, we want to hear and see the vision that God has called us to, and we want to run with it. We want to run with it. So, you know, just like, just like individually, God has a purpose for you, okay? God has a purpose, and he has a vision for you individually. And, you know, sometimes it'd be good to just sit and write, write it down, Right, so I remember, you know, you may have heard me tell this before, but I remember one time when Dane and I were newlyweds, we moved back from the country of Haiti into, you know, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And, and we were just, everything in life just changed. And, and, and I, you know, like I said, we were newlyweds. And in my mind, I was like this uncertain time in life because wasn't totally sure about the future. Didn't even know how we were going to make it, you know, financially. And I remember just coming home one night from church and we just sat up. And, and God just inspired us and gave us vision. And Dana, she's so good. She had a little notebook and she just wrote down page after page of vision that we had. And we got done with the whole thing. And, and you know, our outside circumstances had not changed one bit, you know. But I went from being discouraged and depressed to being excited and empowered, 
and I read that, that vision and, that God had given us. And I mean, you know, it wasn't, you might have looked at it and might not have seemed that epic, but where we were at that time in our life, it meant a lot. It meant, you know what, your vision is for you and it means a lot to you and it means a lot to the kingdom and your part makes a difference. You know, Habakkuk could have, could have sat in his room and compared himself to Isaiah or some other prophet and thought, wow, do I make any difference? But I'm telling you what, he was a prayer. I'm telling you what, what he did made a difference. And he made such a difference that God, man, he sought to put his book right in the Bible. He's got me beat. Sometimes I say, praise the Lord. Wouldn't that have been a bummer almost to have, you know, your life put in the Bible? Everybody reads it, you know? All the, you know, you need to thank God for the good things, but the Bible's so real. It tells you the things they did that were dumb and stupid, just like I do all the time, but I try not to let people know. Like in the winter in Wisconsin, when you slip and fall and you get up quick and try to act cool like it didn't happen, yeah, there's no chance in the Bible. I mean, they tell you about it. But Habakkuk, you know, he wrote it down. And, and Dane and I wrote it down that time too. And, and I'm telling you what, man, it was just, it was miraculous. The things that we wrote down that night, it was just like popcorn. You ever watch popcorn pop? You know, that's what we did before we had the internet. We watched popcorn pop. And, 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 and uh, the thing about popcorn popping is that once one starts popping, man, the whole thing starts going. You know, all you need is for one to take the jump, you know, and, and do the pop thing, and it's pop, 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 pop. And that's how it was with the vision that, that we wrote down. You know, and some of the things, man, they just seemed outlandish. They seemed far out. Like, I, can I even write that on paper? <gasps> and we did, and it happened. It happened. It happened. But the cool thing that I wanted to bring out, too, is just even before they happened, it gave Dana and I, stability. It gave us strength and encouragement. It took a guy who, you know, I don't get depressed. I mean, Dana lives with me. I don't get depressed very often at all. It's just not me at all. But that was a time in life that I was. I was. And you know, well, you know, we've all had those times. But I'm telling you what, the, the page turned for me by just hearing heaven and writing it down. All right, so God has a plan for your life. Did you know that? Now, it's not like it's all pre-programmed and you have no choice. I've got I've to do this or, you know. No, God didn't make you a robot, okay? God made you a human being with choice. But he lays before you a path that you can make choices in. And it isn't like a one-time choice. It's choices you make daily, Okay, but God has a plan. He has a plan for you. In, in uh, the New Testament, I'm not going to give you scripture references. You can ask me later. But one time it talked about the Apostle Paul and he said this, I've run my race and I've finished my course. Huh, I didn't even know there was a race. No, Paul said, I've run my race and I've finished my course. And then talking about John, uh, you know, John the Baptist, it says clearly about him that he had, uh, he had a plan and there was a purpose for his life, that he fulfilled his purpose. It says these things about him. Jesus, it says this about Jesus. It says that for the prize, this is a rough quote, it says for the prize set before him, he ran his race. You and I were the prize set before him. But it, you know what? 
He had vision. He had purpose. And just as we as individuals have purpose and plans for our life as a church, God has a destiny. He has a purpose for us. Okay? He has a reason that we're here in Menominee. I wasn't even sure how to say it when we moved here. Men of money. Men. You ever hear Siri try to say it? Minomani. You are 20 miles from Minomani. And it says it in a female voice. I won't do that. But anyway, at least mine does. You know, but God said, hey, go to Menominee. There's a plan. There's a purpose here. You know, and it's funny when you walk in the plan and purpose and the vision, you know, you just crack, you know, the surface of it. And, and, and it's kind of, vision is a kind of thing too, that you get glimpses of it. You get glimpses of it. And then when you do, you write them down and you walk them out. You write them and you walk them. And, and, and it's not like you say, well, here I am. I've got it all figured out. No, I'm telling you what, he takes you, he gives you a little bit, and you walk it out, and then you see more to go, and more to go. I think because, I think if he gave us all, all of it at once, it'd literally blow our minds. It'd blow our minds. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, but God has a plan, and he has a purpose for us as a church. We're going to talk about it over the next few weeks. You won't want to miss it. Now, let me say this, too. If you ever do miss a service know that we, we are pretty good at getting them up online by Tuesday. Many times, we stream it live on Facebook. Well, I'm not on Facebook. Well, join Facebook and, and friend the church or like the church. And you can watch, you know, if you ever miss it, you could watch live on, on Sunday morning. Well, what if I'm not up at 10.30 and I'm off? That'd be me on vacation. Um, well, you know what? Once it streams live, you can pick it up anytime and watch it from the beginning all the way through. So isn't that good? Anyway, praise the Lord. Um, all right, so vision brings strength and encouragement. You know, uh, you know, there's a lot I could say about vision with liberty. One thing I'm just going to touch on this morning is this. Liberty and the, what God's called us to do here is to be a safe place. What do you mean a safe place? You mean do we have to take shelter? No. What I mean by that is this is a safe place and that you are free to be you. Do you know that people are different? You know what really bugs me sometimes is when you get around a group of people and they try to squeeze you into a mold. Do you know what I mean? We, I know one thing God has shown us is that, that this is a place where people can be free to be them. You know, some people are real demonstrative and they'll run around the building. I love that. You know, there's been occasions when I've done that, okay? Not very often. Usually I'm the guy that's like, but you're free to be you. You're free to be you, you know? Be you and let God work with you. Be you, you know, and God, you know, I mean, you know, don't misunderstand me. I'm always stretching, you know, one guy said this years ago, and we've said it since, but achievers for God are always breaking comfort zones. But in the whole process, be who God made you to be. 
I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, I worked at, I, for, man, a span of 20-some years, off and on, I worked at, at Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And one time, it was like almost 10 years in a row. But other times, I came and I went, I came and I went. But I, I started there right after I got born again. And it became like a family to me, you know? I, you know, there was a lot of people I knew. and I mean, I didn't know everybody. There was like 700 people out when I started working there at the Grams. And, uh, but I remember when I heard God tell me to go to Bible school, to go to Ramah. And one day, I was just walking down the hall at work, and this girl saw me, and she knew me really well, and she knew I was going to go to Ramah. And she said, oh, that is so great. You're going to be another Kenneth Hagin. And something inside me just rose up immediately. It couldn't have been me because I'm not that quick. But the Holy Ghost just rose up in me and said, no, I'm going to go be me. I I love Brother Hagin, but I'm not going to be him. I'm going to be me. You know what? You need to be you. You need to be you. All right. So let me read on. Turn over to Psalm 133. We're talking about vision so that we can all march to the same beat, so that we can all be encouraged and strengthened, so that when we hand out these little cards, you know, that that were on the seat this morning, these are really cool, you know. I like it. They're not like, they're, they're, they're pretty sturdy. You know, but when we hand them out and they say, well, what kind of a church is this? Well, don't be limited to say, well, we're a denomination, a non-denomination, but you'll be able to tell them vision. You'll be able to say, well, this is the kind of church this is. Right now, I could say that it's a safe place to come. You can come there and you can be you, you know. By that, you know, people might come into this church that aren't like you. Should I go here? Yeah. Yeah. People might come into Liberty that aren't like, they might not dress like you. They may not wear their makeup like you. They may not have the same number of piercings as you. You know what we do? We love them. We accept them. They're one of us. I'm so glad everybody doesn't look like me. I'm so glad Dana doesn't look like me. <laughs> Dana's so much cuter. Is that what someone said? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm so glad that God is creative and He made us the way He made us. He made us different. And 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 you know, don't let differences make you feel bad, man. Embrace who you are and be you, okay? I mean, that's the coolest thing you can do. You know, uh, I remember one time I was in a service. Man, this is a long time ago, 25 years ago. And, and the preacher and I were in the hallway waiting to go into the service. And, and it was a woman minister. And, and I, in my opinion, a very bold woman minister. And we're sitting out there, and before we got in there, there was like a move of God. A move of God. What do you mean a move of God? I mean, it was wild. It was crazy. And, and, and people were being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And so we weren't really a part of it. We were standing in the hallway waiting to come in. And I remember she looked at me and said, what am I going to do now? 
And I looked at her and I said, you go be you. You go be you. You know, that's probably the best advice we could do in any situation. Go be you. Go be you. You could say that really quick. But anyway, Psalm 133. And and what we're going to read about here is something called unity, okay? Unity, a definition I looked up, uh, I think it was dictionary.com, it said this, the state of being one or oneness. What it means, unity is you're flowing together as one, you know? And, and Psalm 133 is such a classic when you talk about unity. And, and liberty, I'll tell you, that's a vision I have for liberty. I, you know, I think about it since we started this church, we've prayed this way, you know, that we'd walk in unity, that our, our people, you know, would have the same mind. That doesn't mean we're carbon copies of each other, but it means our hearts are going after the same thing, okay? So in, in Psalm 133, it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Wow. Now here he gives us a couple illustrations. First, he says, it's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. Now, isn't that, that could sound really weird. Who is Aaron? Aaron, are you here today and you got a beard, oil dripping off the end of your beard? Well, the Aaron it's talking about was a priest in the Old Covenant. And Moses is the one who anointed Aaron into this priestly office. And, and you know, they would do is they would take oil, and there's, there's a recipe, but it was, it was not like motor oil. It wasn't like baby oil. I mean, it was precious oil. Oil that, that cost a lot of money, and, you know, I, I don't know what all was in the anointing oil, but I know myrrh was part of it. And, and uh, why did they do that? Because, you know, there was, it was like a symbol, okay? Can I say that? It was a symbol of something we call the anointing of God, okay? What in the world is the anointing of God? Well, we could do a whole... 10-week series on that, I'm sure. But I'm going to just tell you a real simple thing. The anointing of God is like God's empowerment in your life to do what you need to do. You know? Oh, don't you depend upon His anointing? Don't you depend upon it? You know, you've probably heard me step out of the anointing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, those are the Sundays I go home and I go, what was I thinking? What did I do? Where did I get off? You know, as a preacher, you know what I look for? I, I call it different things, but, but most of the time I call it this. I look for the groove. You know what, as a preacher, what I, what I endeavor to do when I get up here on a, any day, Sunday or whatever, is I, I look, I try to find my takeoff place. I try to find the groove of the anointing. That's what I do. Sometimes I have to, it's kind of, I'm kind of like a plane landing sometimes. I'm circling the runway, looking for the place that, but actually I want to take off. I don't want to land. What I want to do is I want to minister in the anointing. We all, you, know, you don't have to be a preacher to have the anointing on your life. 
And it doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to be like, what are you doing? I'm waiting for the anointing. No, just start doing it. But depend on God. Believe God for his hand on your life. Believe him for, for you know, his power to work through you. This is normal stuff. This is normal Christianity. I don't even like to call it supernatural because it's just the natural for a believer to walk with God, to see his power. I'm telling you, man, I've seen more demonstrations of power just doing ordinary jobs, not even just preaching or whatever, or laying hands on. I see, I've seen God's power work just, man, doing things that are like manual labor, and God's power comes on you, and it's just like so cool, so cool, you know? I mean, don't limit it. Don't belittle it either. You're at the store, and man, you have a word to say, and, and you say it. You don't even say, well, this, this is God. Let me, let me tell you right now. It's God. No, you just say this word, and man, it goes in a person's life, and it transforms. That's what happened to Dana. She's working at her job, and this lady comes in under the anointing of God. What do I mean? Under God's power, his help, his empowerment and strength. And just in a normal conversation, said things to Dana that went into her heart. Dana walked away and said, wow, God's real. And broke out in tears. And then God sent another person into her life to take her the next step and get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and all this. Don't belittle what God is doing in your life. So, you know, it says this. It says that when brethren dwell together in unity, you know, I could say this. It's like God looks at it and he sees, man, that is a platform for my anointing to flow. I mean, not in a little way. I'm glad he said it the way it is. I, I mean, we're talking in a big way. We're talking in a messy, get down, get get a hold of God way. I mean, so much so that it runs down Aaron's hair, gets on his beard, and drips down all over him. God was, I'm not holding back nothing. I'm pouring the power out. I'm showing you stuff, man, that I've been just waiting to show you. That's what God says. When we dwell together in unity, that's, what God, that's a platform we've set. Anything can happen. So, so unity, he goes on. I mean, he doesn't just give us one illustration. He gives another one here. He says this, it's also like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing life forevermore. So the dew of Hermon, you know, I thought, well, what in the world is the dew of Hermon? The only Hermon I could think of was Hermon Munster. And I thought, that's certainly not it, you know. So, you know, I did some searching, and, and what Hermon is, is like a mountain range that's actually the highest mountains, you know, in the area, okay? And, and if you Google this, you'll see this, that they're snow-capped. And so what it was like is this, that like when all the area around Zion is parched, it's hot and it's parched. Have you ever been thirsty? Have you ever had like a really hot day and you're just super thirsty? How precious is water on a, thir on a, th a dry, thirsty day? How precious is it? I remember going hiking in Haiti with a thermos and, or a canteen and man, you just like, you counted every swig. It's like, oh, I've got three swigs left. I can make it. 
you know? Oh, can I share some of that with you? And it was like, wow, you're giving me gold. It's water. So when all the land around in Zion was dry and parched, there'd be like a snow-capped mountain on the Mount of Hermon that would drip down and bring dew to a dry and parched land. And God looked at it and said, wow, that's the refreshing. That's the power. You know what? One thing the anointing does is it refreshes you. It refreshes you. Man, you know, people say all kinds of things about Holy Spirit and about being in the presence of God, you know, and, and I tell you, there are wild things that happen, but one thing I'll tell you is when you walk out of the presence of God or walk into it, you are refreshed. You're refreshed. And, and God says this, man, when I see my people dwelling in unity, you know, it's like the oil coming down Aaron's beard. It's like the snow from Mount Hermon dripping dew on dry parched land. It's the place, it's the platform of power. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about vision. In, I'm gonna give you this in, in Amos. It says this, how can two run together unless they be agreed? Well, you know what? We're running this thing together. You know, you guys are part of the body here. Liberty is not Pastor Paul and Dana. It's not Pastor Stephen and Kara. Liberty is this group of people here. You know, we're just doing our part in it, but your part is just as important. You have a part to play. All right, all right. I got a bunch of other things here too. Let me, let me go on to this. In uh, Acts 4, so we're talking about vision so that we can just all march to the same beat. All march to the same beat. Now, we're not going to wear uniforms. I'm not going to wear one of them fuzzy tall hats or whatever. <laughs> Wave the baton. No, but I tell you what, the Spirit of God is leading us. He's doing something here. You know, he's, 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 man, we're going to be the refreshing on a dry, parched land that God is working through. We're going to be the anointing that's dripping down Aaron's beard. Now, I'm not growing a beard, you know, but, but I tell you what, you can be dripping with God, and he'll make you look cool. He'll make you look good. Man, you can be in Walmart, walking around, doing your thing, and I'm telling you what, nobody even knows it, but you walk up to people, and they're getting set free. You know, how many times have I used the Walmart illustration? You know, so I'm trying to tell you, you know, you don't have to, you know, you know, shout and be weird in Walmart or whatever. You can just be you. And I remember one time I found myself praying for a guy in Walmart up near the cashiers. And I was like, you know, taking authority over the devil or anything. And I came out of it all. I was like, whoa, what did I do? I'm in Walmart. <laughs> but just be you. Just be you. Be you. Acts 4.23. This is such a good thing. Because it's, it's again, this, is, this isn't a waste today, you know. We're not giving you a whole lot of detail today. But, but you know what? Keep our eyes on God. We're talking about why it's important. Acts 4.23, and it says, In being let go, they went to their own company, or companions, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So that when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. Now let me just stop for a minute. You know what? It's important to have a company to go to. That's what liberty is. It's a company to go to. 
It's a company to come and be strengthened and be refreshed and go out again. It's not a company to hide in. All right, Peter and John, you know, they, they had encounters, but they didn't hide from the world. You know what, they, they went out and did their thing in the world, but then they come and get charged again. I've always lived by this kind of thinking is that I've got to have a home base where I get charged up. Even when we, Dan and I lived in Haiti for a, a season, and uh, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. There's poverty that just blows your mind and all this, but, but you know, we always would come home. You know, and it wasn't the nicest, but we, 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 we protected our place and, and believed for the presence of God in our place and believed that when we came home, we were being refreshed. Do you get refreshed in your home? You need to. You need to protect your space so that you can go out and be effective. All right, so they, they came in, they, they ran to their company, and, and it, I like this. It says they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now, in the book of Acts, there's two words that come up again and again. It's, it's unity and one accord. Unity and one accord. And I'm going to present to you today that it's a source of power that we see in the book of Acts. It says, when they heard, they raised their voice with, to God with one accord and said, Lord, your God, you made heaven and earth to see it all, all that is in them. You, by the mouth of your servant David, said, Why do their nations rage and people plot vain things? Kings of the earth took their stand, and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. I'm reading the prayer that they lifted up to God, but I want to get to the end of it. It says, For truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, and Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. See, what they did is they came home and they, they poured out their heart to God with like-minded believers. They lifted up their voices together to heaven. And they said, and they, and they said this, this is, man, just give us boldness, man, that we can go out and do the word, do the vision, do what you've called us to do. And then in verse 30, it says, by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then 31 is one of my favorites. One of my favorite prayer verses, it says, and when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, I've been in meetings where people have shaken, but these guys are in a meeting and the whole place they're in was shaken. And when it happened... What, what the steps leading up to it is one is this, that they just got real with each other. They got real with God and they had one accord. And what it did, and I said this before today, is it, it made a platform for the power of God to be demonstrated. I'm believing for this place to be shaken. Yeah. Praise Lord, we are getting a new roof too. Anyway, but anyway, um, so in any case, he, he says this, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. I'll tell you what, that's, that's, that's what I'm seeing, man, is just us as a body having unity and the hand of God on our lives that we go forth, and it'd be said about us that great grace was upon us. Great grace and that we would be able to demonstrate the resurrection of Jesus. Um, 
I'm going to just quickly, in the progression of this, if you read into Acts chapter 5, in verse 12, and, and what it says is this, is that through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with, again, one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, so that they brought the sick out of the street, laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And also a great multitude uh, gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people, those tormented by unclean spirits, and these people were healed, all right? So word spread, and it wasn't about Peter, it wasn't about John, it wasn't about the, it was about God, okay? It was about God, it was about his hand on this group of believers, walking in unity going forth, demonstrating the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.